How do you grow your revenue, but manage to then sustain your income? Here are my three red hot tips. The first is to gain more volume by leveraging your listing sales and results. The second is start adding more prestige properties to your catalog. And then thirdly, but most importantly, you want to build a trusting community and a referral-based attraction profile. So why do we want to do this? Now, we understand that, yes, of course, sellers want the highest price and buyers want the best value. But most importantly, they want to feel like they've been looked after, that they are VIPs when they are dealing and buying and selling their most valued assets. And it could not be said for being more important than when you're operating in the regional sector. So in this episode, I talk with two regional powerhouses that have done exactly that and so much more. Meet Melinda Kirby, lead agent of Ray White Rockhampton, and Leanne Drury from Remax Results in Mackay. Now, these two are lead agents who have got so many awards behind them, but they have utilised set systems and structures, built a brand that attracts long-lasting clients, and in return, gained a sustainable revenue. So if you want to know how you can make it in a highly competitive market, listen up, because today's episode will give you all you need to know. Welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast, season number two. I'm your host, Sherry Storer. I'm a sales coach and hardworking real estate agent. And it's my mantra to build your best life. And I'm living my life trying to do exactly this. And throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow your GCI, your revenue and your profit by implementing tried and tested systems and structures. You'll also learn how you can grow and build your own EBU team and agency and how you can truly harness your real estate career in order to provide you with the wealth and the freedom that you've always dreamt of. So if this is the life that you want to live, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every Tuesday when the episodes go live. Now, online is where you'll find my digital toolkit complete with letter packs, email templates and blueprints. Also, online is where you'll find my flagship self-paced sales course, Million Dollar Agent. Now, in addition to working exclusively one-on-one with a select number of agents and agencies right around Australasia, I also host Mastermind with Sherry. This is an exclusive six-month program with high-level group coaching, accountability, and rockstar keynote speakers. Mastermind is a hand-picked elite group of only 30, and we welcome CEOs, business owners, high-level managers, selling principals, and those lead agents with EBUs, where they learn from the brightest business leaders, educators, and innovators who share their strategies, their stories, and their wisdom in order for you to be able to implement it into your business and into your life. Now, over the past two years, we have had top-class speakers such as Jonathan Thurston, Lorna Jane Clarkson, and Philip DeBella, just to name a few. And 2023 will not disappoint. This year's iconic lineup includes Australian icon Ida Buttrose, entrepreneur Bob Ansett, reality TV director Maz Farrelly, and Australian Olympic champion Kathy Freeman. So if you would like to define your mission, your craft, your goals, and develop a monthly action plan to get you the results you want, 
gain a high level expertise in the business of listing and selling real estate whilst hearing from some of the smartest industry experts and business leaders from both inside and outside the real estate industry, then Mastermind is for you. It will strengthen your mindset, mental clarity and mental toughness with confidential access to workshop, real life situations in both business and life. If this is what you are looking for, head online and register at sherrystora.com forward slash mastermind. And if you're here, you're listening and you're ready to implement, I'm also giving away a freebie. Yep, (laughs) that's right. We all love a freebie, especially real estate agents. Now I'm talking about my 51 point checklist that leverages your listings, your sales and your results. It is one of the processes that my one-on-one coaching clients have been utilizing that has helped them to double, triple, quadruple, and even more so their revenue. So if you want to go from zero to hero and turn every single listing into an additional two, you need to download this career-changing checklist. You'll be able to find it at sherrystore.com forward slash the number 51 point checklist. Now, I have to say this podcast simply would not be possible without the support and backing of my superstar sponsor, PropTech Group. They provide solutions to meet every challenge an agency could face with core CRM products to fit every business at all stages. Now, more than 80,000 users across 6,000 agencies use their award-winning product suites, and I'm so excited to be working with them together on this series. Now on to the show, and let me introduce you to regional queens, Melinda Kirby, Ray White Rockhampton's lead agent, and Leanne Drury from Remax Results in Mackay. These two million dollar plus agents are forces not to be reckoned with. Melinda Kirby has over 18 years in the real estate industry and has achieved record-breaking results in the Rockhampton region. She understands the importance of solid relationships and her strict processes have made her Rockhampton's number one female agent. Leanne Drury has helped hundreds of people fulfill their dream of property ownership as a lead agent in Mackay. And her professionalism has brought her many accolades, including being voted by the people as number one agent across Mackay and the greater region for the last three years. However, Leanne's success is not just driven by the dollar value of property sales, but by her love and her passion for servicing her clients. Her professionalism and compassion has led her to buying and selling homes within family from generation to generation. Now, through the passion and love for both of what these women do, they have built a trusting reputation in their community and become motivated leaders that have created strong, productive teams and EBUs, built a positive brand within the real estate industry, and in return, they have multiplied their revenue substantially over the last couple of years. Now, all in Australia's most challenging regions. So please welcome Melinda and Leanne. Melinda and Leanne, thank you and welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. So excited. (laughs) And today I'm pumped because we are having a battle of the regional queens. So welcome and you guys are both dominating your regions. So Leanne, you're based in North Queensland, Mackay and Melinda, you're up in central Queensland uh, in Rocky, in Rockhampton. Sorry, I shouldn't abbreviate that. And we both know that the real estate game is slightly different for you guys compared to us city slickers. And we're going to be going into how you tackle and how you achieve the impressive numbers that you're reaching a little bit 
further down the track. And first, I probably should say, I don't know if I class myself as a city slicker. I just see myself as a as a townsville girl at, at, at heart like you guys. But I am keen today to get into your career path and talk about what it has, you know, taken for both of you to, to reach the levels that you've that you're at today. And then later on, we're going to talk about the implementation that you guys have both made in terms of your skill set, your systems, and your structures. So, firstly, I want to give our listeners an idea of the volume and GCI and revenue that you are writing. So, Melinda, last year you wrote 1.23 million and sold 137 properties and you've got a team of three and which is huge congratulations ladies and your average sale price is how much it's pretty low actually it's only 350,000 so I mean this is huge and one of the ways in which we can really you know increase our revenue is we need to sell more and in a place like Mackay where your average sale price is 350, well, I should say in a place like Rockhampton where average sale price is, is 350,000, we have to sell a lot more properties. So 137 though, like with three people is absolutely huge. It's incredible. Now, Leanne, you wrote over $2 million and sold over 140 properties and you have got a team of? It's just changed, but we have a team of four team of four that's right so that we're going to talk about these changes actually but yep. your average sale price is around that 450 mark around 450 and I'm keen to know I mean these are incredible figures and especially because I know at the heart of it the two of you are both about real connections with your clients with your buyers and sellers and having these heart-to-heart connections but you know it's hard to sort of pump through the volume in, in terms of writing these kind of numbers but you know what's been the biggest month that you've ever had in terms of of transactions would you say that it was Christmas last year Melinda? was for me because I never went away. So I did 27 deals for the month of December which, last year. Which is huge. It's almost a property a day, not even including public holidays. What about you, Leanne? What's been your biggest month in terms of the number of deals that you've done? Ours was probably more mid-year last year, but our marketplace, honestly, it's very hard to predict what was is no longer and um, so it's just really about having the systems and the processes in place so we are very client focused um, but if you've got all those nice rhythms within your team you can sort of do those volumes. Mm. And we're going to get into that because I think it's important to share exactly how we do it. But uh, firstly so Melinda we started working together quite closely probably was it close to two years ago now? Uh, But it was at a time where you were first bringing on, you know, your PA and you were really Mm -hmm. keen to make that transition from real estate agent to high performing agent. So I want you to kind of go through and tell us what your mentality was like at that time and what it's like now. I've had the biggest shift in mindset. It's probably, I wouldn't even recognize the person I was 18 months ago. So I've always been in real estate and I've been the PA or the sales associate and the person behind the scenes working for a lead agent. And obviously the market turned and changed and my family circumstances changed. So my husband started to stay home more and I was obviously able then to put in the hours and the work. So I quickly realized that I needed to get some help but I didn't know what to do with them. That was my biggest issue because I knew how to do everything myself perfectly. And I always prided myself on knowing everything about my clients. So I really 
probably ran the most buyers in the office because that's what I was used to. So I ran buyers and we did a lot of cross-selling. So I cross-sold and sold all of the other agents' properties in the office. So I wasn't a leading agent in terms of the amount of listings, but I was the leading agent. If you needed a buyer, I had one for you. So everyone <laughs> would come to me and say, hey, have you got a buyer for this property? And I would be like, yep, I've got just the person and I would sell everyone else's stock. So I knew that. I needed to start thinking differently if I was going to be a lead agent. I needed to bring on more listings and I needed to do more prospecting. So I brought on a, a PA for part-time to start with because obviously I was nervous and I didn't want to commit to anything. But then she's asking me for work and I wouldn't give it to her because I couldn't let go or a lot of it was sort of task orientated like could you do this for me now and then she'd say okay I've done it now what and I really knew that I needed to work out how I was going to make this work so that she had enough work to do and obviously I would then have time to then start prospecting and start looking for listings rather than running buyers so for me I needed to get out of the mindset of running buyers and starting to list properties and give up a bit of control. And that's why I contacted you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that letting go of control is actually something that we see with most real estate agents, right, Leanne? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I feel like know, this, that might be my story. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really common. And I think, you know, particularly when you have come from being a PA and you're used to managing everything yourself and you like things done just so, and you think, oh, it's so much quicker for me to do it myself. But then you can't, you know, be doing everything and still be making making the call. So I remember that was that was really, really kind of big. But you've been in the industry for quite some time, right, Melinda? Yeah, I've, I've been in the industry since I left school. This was my first job was on front counter. So I started on front counter and I was actually telling my team about how we would used to do a $20 key deposit. And we would write down their names and numbers with a copy of their driver's license and give out the keys to rental properties. And they would go, go and then you'd have to, at the end of the day, you'd ring them up and start looking for people's keys if they weren't back. <laughs> like, could you imagine doing that this day and age? Well, there's a reason why we don't do that anymore, right? <laughs> it was, but that, and that was my job full time. Literally, that's all I did all day. My first job was just hand out keys over the front counter. Uh, and then I went into property management and I did, um, I did a bit of PA work and then I did a property management position. And then I got, uh, I put my hand up for a sales agent, one of the leading agents. His PA was sick. She gotten really sick maybe like glandular fever or something from memory and no one wanted to work with him because he's a diva and I <laughs> wanted to get away from handing out keys so I was put my hand up straight away and I was like I'll do it and that's how I got into doing sales associate and I worked for him for 14 years so I mean I mustn't have I must have liked him a little bit so <laughs> but that's how I got into it and then I went and had my son and then I took a bit of break from real estate and then I met my current um, employers at the gym and we went for coffee and that's how I came over to Ray White and yeah the rest is history I suppose. Yeah well look it ha it certainly has been an incredible journey to date but even I mean this massive ride that you've been on uh, on the last two years to really go from the go-to agent in the office that when someone couldn't sell their their properties to come to you and say hey do you have any buyers to suddenly being like the listings queen and the number one female agent in all of Rockhampton you know and to see these mindset changes have just been absolutely huge and to watch you build your profile and build your team and build the kind of 
success that you've had is, has been truly, truly inspiring. So congratulations. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's cool. I really look back and I'm pretty amazed at what has happened just in the last 18 months to two years. It's, it's yeah. really cool. Well, it is possible to, to change your life in a short period of time. You've just got to know the recipe and then you've got to implement it. And the implementing is in the systems and structures, but it's also in the mindset because if you don't believe it and if you don't sell out to it, then nothing's ever going to change. But Leanne, we've known each other for quite some time, actually. And, you know, I know that I've been admiring your career and your growth for quite some time, right back from when you did win that competition um, for Elite Agent with their Transform program. And I remember we were speaking, I think I've even called you to congratulate you, I can't remember. But we finally met in person at a conference. Do you remember it was a Jet Xavier conference? Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, Leanne, I'm such a fan girl. I'm so happy to finally meet you. <laughs> you know you're doing such incredible incredible things but we didn't really you know start working together until you transitioned from one agency to working at your current agency which is Remax Results uh, led by you know another one of my clients and um, Hayley Vanderven so you know I'm really keen to understand you know exactly what prompted number one that transition and I'm keen to understand a bit about your journey yeah, sure. So I started uh, in, I think I was, you know, in my early 40s when I decided to change careers and started in real estate um, and initially started as a PA uh, to an agent here in Mackay. And, you know, I guess quickly knew that I would, I wanted to be a sales agent, but it was a great stepping stone, you know, building the foundations of a very, very new industry. Um, so, I think it was 2015 would have been my first year as a sales agent. And I think, you know, typically you're right around that 20 to 25 properties and you're really excited about that. And then I remember, you know, a coach saying to me once, you know, if you don't have a PA, you are the PA. And that was a, that was a really big mind shift for me because, you know, as soon as I put on that PA, you know, once again, you can do um, more volume, but it's not about volume for me. It's more about helping as many people as I can have, um, you know, a great um, sale and purchasing journey. So I think once I put on um, PA, you know, numbers jumped maybe typically to around that 50 mark, which is, you know, really, really cool. Um, I think I leveled out for a, maybe a year because I had, um, as you know, um, you know, some personal circumstances happen and I had to take, and we'll get into that a bit later, but I had to take, you know, some time off. And, um, but then when I came back, I was very, very clear that I, you know, wanted to, I, I actually felt that, you know, I really genuinely cared for, um, our community, our clients, and, and I wanted to help the most amount of people. So that may resonate to being number one in Mackay, but for me, it was really about helping um, the most amount of people that I could. Because I think what I'd found is coming from other industries, you know, I guess there's the good, the bad and the ugly in real estate and not everyone had had a great experience. And so I sort of, I guess I, I had the hashtag, I wanted to be the change agent in Mackay so that they could, um, you know, have those amazing experience and client-focused experiences. So I think around 2000 and what are we in now, 19, you know, I jumped to maybe in the 90s in, in sales. And then when I joined 
uh, Remax results, which was important for me about um, knowing, I guess, being with other colleagues that um, that I could grow with um, was really important for me. Um, having had, you know, great experiences locally, but I, I wanted bigger, I guess, and um, so joined Remax results um, a couple of years ago, and oh my god, since then have been able to really um, focus. And um, you know, incredibly proud of of the team that we you know um, we had a a really big, hairy, audacious goal last year to try and reach double diamond. Not sure if we've quite got there, but I think we have. Um, that will be revealed at mid February when our Remax Australia awards are handed out. But you know, we did a, a really um, had a very very big year last year. With, you know, close to one hundred and forty sales which is incredible in our local community. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think, you know, there's a number of things that you've tapped into there and, you know, it's been now about two years, well, a bit under two years since you've yeah. moved across to uh, to Remax results. And I think, you know, one of the big things is really opening up your mind. And often we do have a glass ceiling in terms of what we're able to achieve. And I think why this episode is so incredibly important, especially for those agents that are in regional areas or have a lower sales price, because often we think, oh, well, we could never be million dollar agents because we hear about, you know, these agents in capital cities or, you know, that have a high kind of price point. And we think, well, they only have to sell 25 properties a year. Well, you guys mm -hmm. are selling <laughs> absolutely huge, huge numbers. So I think it's important to understand, okay, you guys are role models and you're a classic example of how in 18 months you've gone from, you know, great volume to huge volume, right? So, and we've seen that happen because I think one of the big things for you, Leanne, is you really wanted to be a million dollar agent. And now we've just talked about you being, you know, a $2 billion plus agent. Mm. And I know that that was massive for you too, Melinda. Um, I think, you know, one of the other things was really, you know, especially for you, Leanne, it was about, you know, really how, what we can do to kind of step back so you're not constantly working. And this was one of the things that I really wanted to work on, you know, with, with you. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned there that things had been a bit tough and that there were some, some personal sh circumstances. You know, are you comfortable in, in sharing, you know, exactly what had happened, you know, with throughout your life and with yeah. your family, with your hubby? Sure, sure. So, um, um, so... My late husband, Tony, got very, very sick and we didn't sort of know what was going on. But basically, um, after probably six months of, you know, him being very unwell, we finally got a diagnosis. And, um, yeah, I sort of, um, you know, I was in a great, great space in the sense of my real estate career. I was, you know, um, really you know, finding a, um, an enormous amount of success. But, um, yeah, we walked in one door basically and, and Tony was diagnosed. Couldn't get upset. That's okay. Um, with um, pancreatic cancer and um, it's, you know, known as a silent killer and basically we didn't know whether Tony would live one week, two weeks, three weeks, a year. So, um, so it was like my whole world. Yeah, it came crushing. Mm. Well, everything um, changed in that moment, didn't it? Yeah, and you prioritised know, what was important to you. Yeah, you walk through that, you know, you walk through that door and, you know, and I just remember the sun was shining on my face and my blonde hair was bouncing and I was full of bubbles, you know, 
and that was in my nickname at the time by one of my bosses, you know, and then all of a sudden I walked out that door and I was just a changed person forever. Mm -hmm. um, so I took time off from real estate to care for Tony. Um, all of a sudden my resume had, you know, nurse on it, which was very much unexpected. But, um, you know, Tony wanted to pass with dignity and I guess um, that was the last gift that I could give to him and um, my family. So I took time off and, um, and cared for him and he passed away on um, in December of 2016. So it's been, gosh, a really, really huge um, journey as you, you know, and you've been a part of that, Sherry, as well. Just, I guess, for me, it was about coming back into the industry that I loved because I actually really am passionate and love, love the job that I do. But it was a real mindset change because all of a sudden I was a solo parent of two teenage kids. Um, I wanted a successful career. I'm still a, a you know, a, an aunt and, a, and everything else in between. Um, a friend, and it was about how do, how do I do this? How do I, how does Leanne, Drury, widow, I was, you know, at 43 years of age, still manage to get all the things that brings me joy in life. And so it was really, I guess my first steps were just getting out of bed, to be mm. honest. You know, it was a really hard, hard time for me, but um I guess, you know, I also, Sherry, didn't ever want to play victim to, although they were tragic circumstances and had absolutely every right to curl up in a ball and, and not, not want to live life again, I just chose that I didn't want to do that and I had two beautiful children that needed their mama. And so I, don't know, I found some strength and some resilience and some courage to, you know, find joy again in my life in a and obviously you never um, um, you never get over what happened, but you learn to move forward. And that's been very important for me. And mm. far out, you know, incredibly proud of where I was to where I am today. That's for sure. It's huge. <laughs> I sometimes well, I think... look in the mirror and go, who's that girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, it is. Thank you for sharing, firstly, because I know it is really hard to, to talk about. And, you know, we are allowed in those those moments to reprioritize what's important. And, and you know, often people don't always under, understand that until it actually happens to you. But, you know, you went from being in this situation of, of you know, grieving, but as you said, you had to be strong for your kids, but also to suddenly you're a single mum and you had to provide for your kids and, and give them a great example, you know, of moving forward with life, because of course that's what you wanted for them and, and that's what he wanted for them. And to, you know, on top of all of that, you had something to prove to yourself because then it was kind of your time and your chapter of, you yeah. know, of achievement. And, you know, that's what has been really exciting about being part of your journey that I've seen you embrace what you knew was inside, but you didn't really know how to make it kind of happen. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we've, we've certainly done that in spades now because you have been voted number one agent across you know, Mackay and the greater region for three consecutive years by Rate My Agents, you know, through you've been a national real estate business deal maker and you are, you know, you've received so many awards and so many Remax accolades. I mean, I'm keen to go kind of, you know, further um, because, you know, on top of all of that, you know, how 
what is the primary strategy that you know you have used in order to achieve these numbers? Yeah, I, it sounds like I think my the way that I run my business is quite simple. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things, and really, mine is all about connections. It, you know, it's connecting with my community, um, knowing that, I, you know, I genuinely care and want a great outcome for them as sellers, but also buyers. But not only that, you know, we have so many connections with our, I, I call them my tribe. You know, I've got all sorts of contractors that are part of my tribe that they know that they get business from me, um, you know, and, and, and as a result of that, they like who I am. They like doing business with me. So then those referrals come. But I do a lot of repeat business. I don't, um, you know, where I've sold for auntie and then I've sold for grandma and then I've sold for, you know, next minute the the daughter's coming and wanting to purchase the house. So very much in my local community, it is about being out in my community, giving back to my community, but it's all about human connection. And, mm. I, you know, and we have all these other things in our lives to make, you know, our job easier, you know, um, in terms of strategies within business. But it's like I really believe that the agent who makes the most appointment wins. Mm. Well, it's interesting what you say there because, you know, in order to write, in order to write these figures, obviously we need to sell a lot of properties. And this industry has unfortunately become very transactional orientated. Yet here are the two of you talking about the fact that your business growth has been exponential thanks to connection and thanks to being an agent for life. And for every single property that you sell, you know that there's going to be referrals and that there's going to be, you know, repeat business and, and so forth, that you've attracted this kind of agent for life kind of mentality through this through this model. Now, Melinda, on that point, I mean, we talked about earlier, you are the number one female agent for, um, for Rockhampton. And hey! yeah, <laughs> that was Leanne cheering her on. I love that. So, you know, what would you say, like, what do you think is, has been the primary strategy for you to achieve this? Well, I'm very similar to Leanne. It is definitely all about connection. And I guess that I would treat every client that we come in contact with as if they were a family member. Like if mm. I, I would never treat someone the way that I wouldn't treat my own family. And I think that that's a huge thing. And the other thing that we are, we're always available mm. because I know that a lot of the times we do get that comment of like, you guys were always there. You're always answered. Yeah. You always return my call. I was like, it's not hard. It's not <laughs> rocket science <laughs> to pick up the phone, bring people back. But I, I think that our team, my team in particular, I don't know if it's being a female that we just have more nurturing qualities. I don't know what it is, but I, I know that myself and my team that we care about people. And that's probably the huge difference between, you know, most of the other agents in our area is that we care what happens to them. It's not just mm. a transaction. It is, we do get to know them on a personal level. It's not just, oh, hey, I can't remember who you are and I ask them who they are. I know who they are. I know what school the kids go to. I know all the information about them. Well, you know, that is the joyful part of real estate. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, often when you're just kind of like a machine just pumping through and there's no care factor about your buyers and sellers, you know, for a lot of us, we lose the joy. You know, whereas what you guys are both talking about is actually you find it in those personal connections and getting to know people and being a part of their family, you know, not just for one transaction, but for many, for many, many years to come. 
I think one of the other strategies that I implemented actually with both of you um, was that we wanted to list um, and sell more prestige properties, mm. which let's face it, in your marketplaces <laughs> is like 650 plus, right? <laughs> because it's not like, you know, we're selling $5 million properties every single day. We just don't have the availability of those kind of properties in our markets. So, you know, to both of you, I had to really work on this concept because both of you didn't really believe that there were more expensive properties in your <laughs> marketplace. And it was completely a foreign concept. And by the way, I do love it when people fight me. Um, and I love that you guys, <laughs> you know, since this, since this, and I managed to convince you, you both have managed to sell a number of properties on this level and even above a million dollars. So, you know, tell us a little bit about this. You know, Melinda, you go first. Well, I've just had the two highest sales in the whole of Rockhampton. <laughs> so I settled last week on a $2.5 million property. And the month of December, I sold another property for $1.85 million with two cash offers on that property. So they're one of the highest sales in the whole of Rockhampton. So, yeah, it's been pretty exciting for our team, that's for sure. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I think this is just huge in itself because a you didn't even know that there were properties in this price range around and then actually the fact that you're now holding these titles but also working with a completely different level and trying to build what I call a GFC proof business which is working in the low end the middle and the high and you know I tell you what if you sell a property in this prestige gee doesn't it add a big difference to your GCI and to your to your bottom to your bottom line so congratulations on on those achievements and congratulations for because I know you list a, a number of properties now that are more in this kind of you know a high end and you know Leanne it's exactly the same for you so you know Fill us, fill us in because I remember you were just like, oh, no, we don't sell them. And I should mention, by the way, my husband is a coal miner from Mackay, so we know the area quite well. And I was like, oh, there's money around here, Leanne. Come on, stop yeah. putting me on this. I, I think, um, and look, you know, certainly your coaching helped. It's a mindset, isn't it? I mean, you you proved to me that they were out there, but I think I, I guess I was attracting a lot of business with mum and dad, you know, repeat business. And it probably was um, easy in some ways or safe perhaps is the word. Um, that's what I knew. And I knew I could do that really well and I could make a lot of people happy. Um, whereas I guess when you, you've got to have that confidence in yourself your team, but also your ability that you, um, yeah, you can sell those prestigious um, properties. And, you know, now, you know, when I'm in $1.5 million negotiations, one at one stage, I think it made me feel violently ill, you know. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, oh, yeah, let, you know, what's another couple hundred thousand, you know, come on. <laughs> It's interesting that you say this because, you know, a lot of agents that I work with, this is a strategy that we put into place, regardless of where their market is, because that prestige property just has a different number on it. But often, you know, the agent feels really nervous about dealing with, you know, buyers who and sellers who are in a different price point because we think, oh, and then a lot of times they think, oh, I'm not like them. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to relate to them. I get really nervous because this is a career changing sale. I don't know how to negotiate. And it is kind of just a bit like, you know, what you're saying, stripping that back and just remembering that at the heart of it, 
you know, you're an expert at what you do. You're an expert negotiator. You're an expert at marketing. You're an expert at finding, you know, the buyer and then creating emotional connection. But that was a big thing for you too, wasn't it? Thank you. Oh, Leah. Sorry, Leah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I, I knew that I could, well, no. I had everything in place to do it. I think it just came back to whether I believed I mm. could do it. And really, I think that's real estate full stop, isn't it? You know, every day we're going into people's homes. Now, some, for me, it's familiar because it's, you know, like I said, Arnie or grandma's home, but sometimes I am against four or five other agents. And, you know, our industry, we walk in and we we give it everything we've got and we really hope that we've impressed upon, you know, um, our potential seller that we genuinely care and we'll get them the best results. But sometimes we miss out and we have to face that rejection, right? Mm. And I think that's where like I've got over myself, if for want of a better word, where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go in, I'm going to give it my absolute best, I'm going to genuinely care, I've got great systems and processes in place, we've proven that before, we've got the results on the table. So, And, and now it's just around that belief. I believe that I, you know, I can achieve great results for my sellers of any, you know, I guess of any sale price. Yeah. Well, I think once you've done it once, there you yeah. do create that that you know that belief, and then you replicate that, and you go, "Oh, I can do this." But I do remember one sale in, in particular where you were calling me to negotiate. I'm like, "Babe, you got this. You know exactly what to do. Tell mm. me, tell me what do you think you should do?" And you told me, I was like, "Perfect." And yeah. You just you know, it's just about creating that belief and that mindset, and you have done that well and truly in 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 spades, which is hence why we're seeing the results that we're seeing seeing. So. You know, setting up your EBU, Leanne, you know, this this wasn't an easy journey. In fact, I'll say it probably wasn't easy for either of you, but Leanne in particular, you know, this this wasn't the simplest journey. And still isn't. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy because as agents, we are really good at list, listing, at selling and negotiating. But when you take this journey from being a solo agent to um, to a lead agent to being a team manager, when you've got a team, you suddenly have to know leadership skills. And we honestly haven't spent a lot of time really, you know, implementing this and actually really kind of practicing it. So all of a sudden you're thrust into it. You're thinking, what am I giving everyone to do? And then, you know, I... I, I what's the line in between friendship and, you know, there, there's oh, often, yeah. you know, this kind of this, this line and we don't know how to do it. So I think, you know, for you, I had to really convince you to, you know, to have a team in the first place. And there was a real blockage around doing this because, <laughs> you know, coming back to your personal situation, we really wanted to create more time for you and your family. And we wanted to make sure that you weren't working 24 seven. We wanted to achieve some really great figures. And we knew that the only way to do these two things was to have more people doing the workload mm. but you know um, when you first put together your first team you know can you just share with us a bit about you know how it went and what you've learned you know in terms of having to start over again uh, where you've now obviously had the same team for quite a period of time but tell so let's just rewind and have a look at that first go at it that first shot yeah look I think um like you said um you know, I'd come out of a pretty, pretty um, tough time and um, I guess work for me became a bit of a healing process, right? You know, I felt like my whole personal life's falling apart, but at least I can get, find some happiness, 
you know, helping others. And and really, it did absolutely help me, um, you know, I guess, move forward with my life. But in saying well, you that... You were able to... Sorry, on that point, you were able to control that, weren't you? I was, yeah, I was about to say, but I was completely in control all the time. But I was also working enormous, enormous hours, um, you know, and that came as a sacrifice sometimes to my children. Um, but um, so it was this it was this hard balancing act, I would say, and I knew that something needed to change um, because I want longevity, as you mentioned, in this. Um, and I think it's really hard because some agents promote themselves as being available 24-7, you know, 365 days of the year, and it's just not practical if you want a long-term career. And so I was fighting my work maybe my workaholic behaviours, I guess, in some way, knowing that I needed more balance because I didn't want to burn out, but then also accustomed to having the control and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, I didn't want to crash and burn, long story mm. short, and I knew that some things needed to shift and uh, hence I came to you because I hadn't really done it successfully prior. I think there's a couple of things is, one is finding the right person that fits your team. That's the first thing. And it's not usually someone that's like you, mm. you know. So I started doing disc profiling. So I was actually looking for someone that was not like me because <laughs> there really needs to only be one, one of me in the team. So, so that was a really big life-changing thing for me in, in terms of building the team is I really did a lot of disc profiling and really um, I guess I started to be involved a lot heavily in the interviewing process um, so I guess it became my responsibility on who I chose and made it work. Um, but I also got very definitive on the roles. Um, and I know that you assisted me with that, Sherry, where it was a very, there's no micromanagement in my team. We've got very specific roles. And if one of those, I guess, wheels of the bus falls off, we actually all feel it that day because there's actually no one there doing that job. Does that make sense? 100%. So I, so I think the key was, taking charge of who you're hiring, um, you know, making sure that you're hiring the right person for the right job was really important for me. Um, and also having those key, I guess, job descriptions so that when I'm out of the office, I know that my office is running running very smoothly. In fact, they probably prefer me to be out and about because <laughs> they're not getting interrupted from me. But, you know, being very, very specific but also, also, I think now, like I have an amazing team where, you know, they're invested in the business. Um, you know, they've got their own KPIs that they want to set. And I love, you know, something that I resisted doing for such a long time was one-on-ones with my team every week. Do you remember that, Sherry? Oh, I certainly do. My favourite thing to talk about, but everyone hates implementing. <laughs> and Sherry's like, you need to do it. It's a non-negotiable. I'm like, I don't have time. Like, oh, my God, where am I going to fit that in? But it's like one of those things that I've got, oh, my God, how, why wasn't I not doing that sooner? You know, because I get to sit down with them and I get to say, hey, what are we doing well? You know, what can I help you with? You know, what things are annoying you? So you're, I guess, snipping things in the bud before it becomes a volcano and then there's no going back. And that's been such a huge mindset shift in leadership for me. Um, and also being open to listen to some of the stuff that 
not going so well. And, you know, I always say to my team, I'm always open to change, but I can't change something if I don't know about it. And I want to be the first to know about it, not anybody else, you know, and that's been really um, huge for me in leadership. Well, I certainly, I mean, I've really seen you grow into somebody who was scared of, of letting go and, and delegating mm. and just going, this is all too hard. It's just easier. Do I just stay the same size and just continue yeah. on the way that I was going? I was like, well, hang on. We know that that was not working for you. I know this is painful, but the pain of where you were mm. before, remember that that was much greater than what we're currently going through. And so as a result, you know, the the person that I see in front of me today, this real estate kind of juggernaut, you know, and, and you know, this leader, you know, has had incredible growth. And, you know, really, I wanted to acknowledge how much, you know, time and energy and education you put into that, because it's really been so incredibly lovely, lovely to see. And so, you know, talking about the current members of your of your team, can you talk about the current structure of your EBU? Uh, sure. So basically, um, well, let's let's talk about the end of last year, and then we'll talk about two thousand twenty three. Yes, because um, there's been a change, and yeah, thank you for just talking about this. That's great. Yeah. So 2022, um, the model was I was a listing agent. I had two COA agents um, that help assisted me with sales and I had um, one administration support um, you know that sort of was kind of a combination of EAPA admin um, and look you know I had two trainees start with me February last year so it was a huge year for me in that mentorship teaching them they had no prior real estate industry experience so not only am I you know running a very you know, successful business, but I also was, um, you know, training two employees last year, um, you know, which is exciting, but it is also very challenging because you're juggling, once again, lots of roles. And and I like to do that well. You know, I'm a teacher by trade, you know, um, so I actually really do enjoy that training side of things. But, yeah, beginning of this year, one of my co-agents has decided to leave the industry for her own reasons. And, you know, and that happens. Um, I think Hayley once said, is Leanne, you're not going to get to keep them forever. And I don't really like it when she tells me that. <laughs> but it's the reality of being, you know, in our industry, it's not going to suit everybody. It's not going to suit everyone for their own personal reasons. And and that's okay. But mm. it is it is very, very, you know, I would say it was very hard walking into 2023 thinking that I had a plan in place and uh, first day back, 3rd of January, and that plan um, yeah, is no longer. <laughs> we we <laughs> implemented a plan B. And, you know, on, on this, um, I think if we have a look, and you and I talked about this uh, over the phone, but, you know, if this would have happened a year ago, it would have been like, the way in which you handled that and you know this kind of I guess disturbance to the plan uh was pretty incredible are you proud of yourself in terms of you know thinking about how you would have reacted and and how you reacted in this situation you know even a year on oh absolutely you know I guess you know in, in anything I do I'm very invested you know, um, so, you know, it does take your breath away. I'd be lying to say that, you know, um, it wasn't hard. But, 
I kind of, I, I think, um, I can't remember which coach taught me this and it could have even been you, Sherry, but I give myself a moment, but I don't dwell on that moment. And once upon a time, it might've been a day. Now I give myself like 10 minutes, like eat the frog, get on with it, <laughs> find a solution to the problem, Leanne, you know? So I think I've just got better at being a bit tough um, on myself and, and, you know, things are going to change every day in my life, whether it be personal or business. And it, I think some of the things I admire about the people that I watch and follow is often they've all got a really tough story, but it's the way that they go about their life um, in solving problems or, or inspiring others or, you know, or helping others, you know, that's really um to me is that sometimes you do just have to have that tough conversation with yourself and go, okay, let's find a solution. Let's and I've just on. got better at that. Maybe I mm. might've dwelled in it for a little bit, but then I got better at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're allowed, we're allowed to, to feel that right before moving yeah. forward. But I also, you know, think what's so important is that the market is changing. And yeah. when we, you know, when we're in boom, we obviously have to expand and we need to have all hands on deck. But also when the market changes, we also need to, you know, to change what's required in our business too. So, you know, whilst that was the plan, um, it probably, you know, as you and I discussed, is not a t is not terrible that it happened because, you know, we're going to ramp up for the second half of the year when we yeah. think we're going to have a great spring. And that is a really normal part of business, no matter what industry you're in. So Melinda, let's, let's talk about you. So you have a team of three, you know, tell us about your structure, what your team looks like and what roles that they actually have when, you know, they are representing your brand. So I, um, I actually put on um, that front counter girl initially to do my socials she was looking for something else to do so she decided to come to me and I and asked me hey could I do your social media page outside of the office and I thought well okay well that's one job I don't have to do so I said yep sounds good to me and then a few things happened in the office and uh, suddenly that she had a little bit more free time so the office came to me and said hey you need you need to get someone to help you. And obviously I wasn't taking the hint. I wasn't doing anything about it. <laughs> um, so they came to me and sort of said, what if we could get uh, Cassidy to do a couple of hours for you? And at the time I thought, shit, that's pretty nice. That's nice <laughs> of them to do that. Anyway, of course it was all planned for them because I would be here till all hours of the night <laughs> mm. working and not even thinking about anything else. I was just so laser focused on what I wanted to do. So they could probably foresee that there was going to be an issue if they didn't help me out. So unbeknownst to me at the time, I thought, geez, that's so nice of them because I don't have to train her <laughs> on any of the systems that we use, et cetera. So she was just meant to help me out, right, a couple of hours here and there. So that soon changed to like, oh, do you think I could have her for a little bit more? And then it was half time and then it started to become a bit of an issue because I couldn't get her to do enough work because I only had her half of the day. And so then I, I came to the same sort of point where, okay, this is not working because I can't give her enough jobs to do because then I would come back and she'd be working for the office and I needed it now and, and that sort of stuff, what was happening. So then I, I came to that crossroads of like, okay, I'm either stay where I am comfortable 
and I'm making a really good income. Let's, let's be real. I was probably making more money than most of the other agents that have started putting on co-agents and were running teams. I was bringing home more money in my pocket and I thought, well, hang on, this is pretty good. Like I'm pretty happy with the income right now or stuff it, just go hard. And I, that's when I got Sherry and I think within two days I had said to the office, <laughs> can I have a full time now? And they were like, okay, so that's how we started. So initially I just had myself and her and she was just going to be a PA in the office. She was not interested in going out into the field and that quickly changed because <laughs> <laughs> when she first came to me, she was like, Cassidy was very quiet, very softly spoken, and uh, she's a total different person now. It's incredible to see the transformation, not just in me, but in her. So she now runs all the buyers. I, I don't really have any buyer inspections anymore. Coming from the buyer queen, it was pretty hard to let go, but uh, <laughs> now she's well, the buyer actually. queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was massive. So now she runs all of the buyers. Well, yeah, most of the buyers. And then uh, I focus only on prospecting and listing. And then we've put on a third person that's going to be doing just the administration side. And then I had a little hiccup with that, my plan as well, because she came to me in August and said that she was pregnant. And I was like, this is not good. This is not good at all. (laughs) And she said to me after I'd been on annual leave, she said, which I think is the first time I'd had annual leave ever. She said, I didn't want to ruin your holiday. And I said, what's happened? She said, oh, I'm pregnant. And I was like, why would you think that's going to ruin my holiday? So we've just put on another person and she started to replace her. She started um, she started January and actually Michaela's last day is tomorrow with us. So, um, so she is going to be doing the administration and our social media side of it too. So, mm. yeah, we've had a bit of a change up. And then we're going to be quickly looking for our fourth person to put on yeah. early in the new year. We just got to get this bit started. And <laughs> that's um, right, one one step before the other. And you know, the fourth person will be a co-agent, uh, but it, a second co-agent. But it, it is really nice to have had the opportunity to have that transition with your, you know, with from one PA to another. And I think it's really normal. People are going to come and go, as you talked about, Leanne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we only get to be a part of their journey for, for so long because they've yeah. got things that they want to achieve in their in their mm-hmm. lives. And I think, you know, watching the transformation, as you just talked about with, with Cassidy, you know, is so heartwarming and such a big, wonderful part of being a leader in, um, in your team and your EBU, but also to, you know, understanding that taking this move into, you know, helping people, achieve you know their other aspirations in life whether it's a a mom or whatever that might look like is also really lovely but in the meantime the business goes on we need somebody to come back in and make sure that the team is rocking and rolling hey i'm butting in here and interrupting today's episode with a message from our sponsors prop tech group you most likely have seen them around or maybe you're even using their products already in fact more than half of all agencies in australia and new zealand have at least one piece of their tech They've got an award-winning product suite built just for us in real estate. PropTech Group will have something for you no matter what your business looks like today or even what it might become tomorrow. Now, one of the drivers in being a power agent and building an attraction model business stem from building quality databases through the use of quality CRM platforms. Products such as Vault RE are designed to support agents and agencies in a holistic all-in-one approach. In an exclusive for Build Your Best Life listeners, 
PropTech Group are offering two months free on either of their CRM platforms, Vault RE or Eagle Software. Head to proptechgroup.io forward slash Sherry for that bonus special offer and they will take care of you and do all the rest. So, Melinda, what systems do you have in place to really, you know, work um, your listings, to work your buyers? What What is it that you really work work through here? We pretty much use your 51 points um, down to a T. The, there's only a couple of things that we change that um, doesn't really work for our region, but it's pretty much, it's probably like a 48 point that we do of your system. <laughs> there's a couple of things about- that we don't do. So we're talking about lever- uh, my 51-point checklist, which is leveraging your listing sales and results. That is, that's a game changer, that list, isn't it? Yeah, so we've pretty much taken that and broken it down between the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, that's exactly what we do. We just follow that. We have a structure. All the properties go through and uh, we have... It's great because everyone knows what the process is and there's no asking dumb questions like, oh, did you want me to put a sign up at the house or do you want this? Everyone knows what's going on. We know the drill. We list the property. These are the key dates that we're going to have a photograph. This is the first open home. This is the second open home. And then it's basically get to work. Everyone knows their role of what they're doing, getting all of the like letterbox drops and stuff like that done before it goes online. When it goes online, uh, we also use your templates and your email templates so that if we aren't in the office, myself and Cassidy, and an email inquiry comes through, there's already systems in place that they're going out and things are getting done. So it's very systemized. And that's the only way that we can handle the volume that we do um, is because everything is ready to go. It's not just trying to wing it, which is pretty much how I used to run my business. <laughs> well, it was just you, so you could just wing it because it was <laughs> you, you everything. Wing it. <laughs> and um, I used to have my phone, you know, like keyboard shortcuts and you'd have whole messages like flicking yeah. out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if only I ran my business like that now, I would probably have RSI or something yeah. because I'd just be like hitting all these keys, but... Yeah, just thinking back about the stuff that I used to get up to, hilarious. (laughs) Well, it got you, it got you to, you know, to where you were to then catapult onto this next level. And I think, you know, those things are, you know, super powerful, super important, but also for you to feel comfortable in terms of letting go of control. For agents who love to have control, to know that things are going to be done every single time in exactly the same way, the way that you like it to be done, you know, there is, there is, (laughs) there is great comfort. In that, it's just trusting the team member and this is really funny Cassidy now has now comes back to me and tries to remind me about like don't forget you know we're not letting anyone else know our secrets and our secret formula and in my head I'm thinking yeah I know this <laughs> she's trying to protect the team as well like don't tell anyone else how we're doing things I'm like, right, I've, got, I've got this <laughs> well I think you know one of the wonderful things about you know what I have seen you do is basically you know head down bum up slow down implement everything and as a result you've been able to to speed up so um which is really nice so Leanne what would you say you know are the things that you've really implemented into your business in order to be able to run at this pace look you know absolutely what Melinda's talked about you know we we implemented a lot of, a lot of your um strategies that you've provided when we're building EBU I think most importantly for my team is 
that whole concept, if it's scheduled, it gets done. Um, so I'm very much, you know, we work off one calendar, so everything's in there um, for the whole team. Um, but things like, you know, we have a Monday meeting that sets us up. That is such a critical part. Once again, you know, I used to probably think, is it really necessary? It is. It's absolutely necessary. On a Monday, we all come together. Um, so we know what's going on for the week. And um, just having that real clear focus for just 45 minutes, it just makes everyone feel better. Um, you know, we celebrate our wins. We've got these special little hands that we clap, you know, when we've got contracts. So we're celebrating our wins, not just for the big events of award nights, but we actually are celebrating our wins every couple of days. And that just is a really great vibe, you know, within the team. Do a huddle on a Wednesday, once again, critical. I do my one-on-ones with my teams Thursday, Fridays. But um, we also do those little catch-ups in the afternoon around 3, anywhere from 3 till 5 p.m. So we can just round up those jobs. Because I guess when you, you know, when we sold 130, 140, that's, you know, 280 buyers and sellers we dealt with last year. That's 280 building and pest inspectors you know, solicitors. So there's a lot of stuff going on in my head at any one time. So, you know, you've just got to really, you know, be very clear and focused, um, you know, on like like what Melinda was talking about, you know, what's the process for bringing the property to market? What's the process once we're under contract? Because we still like to be our helicopter agent and, and hold the hands of our buyers, you know, through and sellers through that process until settlement. Um, but yeah, look, I think um, very much having to be super organised, but having those templates in place, whether it be emails, is really important. I think you taught me how to do that quick text at the conference last year. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So, you know, text is like my life. Obviously. Yeah, shortcuts. Yeah, shortcuts. <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. That was life changing. But things like your DocuSign and all that sort of stuff that we've now been able to implement in business does save us a lot, a lot of time. You know, I can be sitting at 8.30 at night in my pyjamas, having a cup of tea, running through a Form 6 with a client. I love mm. that, you know. I think um, in my whole career, DocuSign has made the biggest change in mm. this industry of yeah. How often on a Sunday would you be back and forth, back and forth, back to the yeah. office, mm. scanning documents because you can't do that from home and next minute a simple contract's taken four hours of your Sunday yeah. in the yeah. office, out the office, back to the office and it's initialing yeah. changes and things. I think that DocuSign is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So just implementing some of those things have certainly been, yeah. Cuts, mm. cuts a lot of time out of your day. Mm. I just think also too, Sherry, you know, we're talking a lot about business, you know, but I'm really big on health as well. And I think you and I have had discussions around around that, you know, um, that we want that longevity in the game. So you do have to have that self-care and, and look after yourself. And once again, that's scheduled in my calendar. The girls know every morning, you know, at 5 a.m. I'm up and running or doing whatever I'm doing, you know, um, and they know just not to interrupt. That's my evolution time. That's my time for me. I'm not going to answer the phone, so don't even try, you know. <laughs> I just need that time for my headspace. So I think, you know, it sets me up really well for the day. Well, I think, you know, that is 
wonderful. We, I want to explore that a little bit later in the podcast, actually, because I think, you know, there's magic in that statement. If it's scheduled, it gets done. It gets done. And so, you know, making sure that you schedule things in, such as going for a run and things that are personal, you're going to tick it off because we love to tick things off, let's face it, us, us Asians. But also people are going to know, okay, that's your time, that's your space, and the others in your team are not going to interrupt you. You know, you guys, you do have systems and processes for absolutely everything. We've talked about some of those, but I see you have, you know, systems and processes for your anniversaries, for your listing presentations, for goal setting, for absolutely everything that you do, your one-on-one meetings. The other part of it is, you know, really embracing your CRM. And, you know, I know both of you use um, use Vault, RE, and Melinda, I mean, in Ray White, it's pretty incredible how much it has been, you know, completely, you know, um, just personalised to to the organisation. Um, so, you know, do you think that this has been a big part in terms of your database growth, keeping in contact with your clients and being able to do things better, quicker, faster? Oh, it's totally changed my whole um, career having the CRM that we have with Ray White. It is, I came to Ray White four years ago. I had my anniversary with them last week. I came and I'd been in the industry since 2001 and I came with only the people in my phone. That was my database, was my phone. So I have about 5,000 contacts in my phone, but we didn't do CRMs. We didn't really do databases, but yeah, it's totally changed the ball game. I can't even describe how much the changes have been, but we have everything in this company. So they have um, concierge, they will do your calls for you. They will do your anniversaries for you. They will do everything and anything for you um, with the Ray White concierge team, which is, yeah, it's actually mind blowing what they do. They'll even contact your clients and organize the, putting the power on for them. They'll do removal as they do everything insurance the whole the whole shebang goes with our with our crm like they're pretty incredible mm. well i think you know leanne i just want to go back to the point that you were making earlier which was around you know having time to yourself and you know talking about wellness and you know in setting up teams with you know, with the, with with both of you, I think one of the things that I really love to push with agents is, as we talked about, longevity in our careers. But, you know, part of that involves working less. Now, if you're used to working all the time and the two of you, you know, we're used mm. to working all the time, it became a real habit. And so trying to, you know, <laughs> stop, turn it off your mind, you know, that, that monkey brain and to be constantly picking up and looking at your phone and, you know, when, when work has been your solace, when there's been tough times, you know, or got you through, you know, something that's been happening in life. And that's, it's a crutch for a lot of us, right? Myself in, included, it's really hard to divorce yourself of that and to create new habits because it's almost become like a, a bit of an addiction for a lot of people. You know, one of the things that I've really been um, pushing is, you know, for you guys to work five days a week. And Leanne, I know my vision for you is to get down to four. We, we talked about that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I guess I just wanted to talk openly and honestly about how hard it really is to have days off and to really, you know, uh, I think even initially to start with Leanne, like I was just begging for half a day. Uh, <laughs> and I was going to tell your team, we're booking it in the calendar. You know, yeah. can, can you just take us through, you know? I think, I think once again, um, 
you know, there's that old school, I'm going to call it old school concept of a real estate agent having to be available 24-7. And I guess when I started my career, that was the thinking that I thought to be a successful agent. I had to be, I was a bad agent if I didn't respond to that, you know, text message at 6.30am in the morning, right? That's what I thought. Mm. I wasn't a good agent if I wasn't taking buyers through on a Sunday. Um, so it was a massive shift. And you know I pushed back on that with you, Sherry, so you big. Did. In fact, it was probably <laughs> our biggest fight together, right? <laughs> now I know your intention was really good. Your intention was really good. But at the time it was, um, I didn't know any different. I just thought that that's how I had to be to be a successful agent or an elite agent. And um, and But then I think I came to that conclusion, as you helped me along the way, is that Real estate is an amazing industry and I love it. I absolutely love it. But it can be also a bit of a monster to our health and our wellness mentally. And, you know, um, and, and I just didn't want to fall into that trap of letting my health go. And, and when I say health, that's holistic. That's just my wellness in myself, um, but both mentally, physically um, as well. So... Um, I just decided you have to come sometimes put a leash on the monster, right? And I just put boundaries in place. And that's probably the biggest thing if I could teach an agent that's new in our industry is to have boundaries and be absolutely okay with those boundaries. You do not have to answer your phone on Christmas Day. <laughs> you you can spend time <laughs> with your family who deserves your undivided attention on Christmas Day and I think that was a real hard thing for me to understand that that's actually was okay as mm. long as you had that conversation with your sellers I said to my sellers last year now I have to say this is all new for me Sherry and you know <laughs> this right like I can't actually believe I'm saying this um I said to my sellers our office is shutting on the 23rd of December we've had an amazing year with you thank you so much we'll resume work on the third um, of, of January, but no one in my team will be available. I'll be available for really urgent matters, i.e. a house burning down, you know, like, <laughs> like it has to be an emergency. Um, and you know what? We all as a team had the most beautiful Christmas and New Year. And we, you know, we are re resumed on the third and we were pumped. We were ready to go. That's the first time I've ever, ever done that since I've joined the industry. And that's and profound, right? <laughs> So massive. And you know what? Did you feel like you lost any business? Did people wait for you to come back to the market? Absolutely. They waited for me. Mm. But I was very um, I was very focused, you know, where there was a lot of Christmas parties going on in our real estate game. But and, you know, like I did partake in a few of them, but I was also hyper focused because what I did is you know, had all my copyright organised, photos organised. It was all in my Vault RE system. So, you know, we, we were one of the first agents you know, back. Um, we just hit launch on the third. It was all planned. My sellers knew it was all planned. We hit launch. And oh my God, that weekend, I think we did 10 or 15 open homes and I reckon we sold probably nine of them because mm. we're the first ones back. So it was very systematic to get to that process. But we were so super organized that we could just really enjoy that time out. So I, I think, you know, what the message I want to send out, and I send it, say this to my team all the time, you know, it's okay to, to enjoy your work, but you also need to have time off for yourself, but also for your families. Mm. 
Melinda, how does it feel listening to Leanne say that? What are, what are you thinking? <laughs> Remember, this is new for me, Melinda. <laughs> Don't worry. There's been a lot of resistance here too about having time off. Um, we're at half a day and most of the time I delete that out of the calendar. So what I do, well, I'll tend to book appointments for myself, you know, whether it be getting my mm. hair done or um, like today we've done all the school books and things like that for my son. So I will tend to fill up my half day off with appointments that I can't just cancel and start working. Uh, that's a pretty big step for me mm. <laughs> to mm. do that. But, yeah, we're not quite there yet. It's a work in progress for all of us, right. I think. It really is. And I do think it is a skill set to learn to switch off and to and to trust. But I think, you know, the first step, as you say, Melinda, is to you know, set aside that time, book things in, you know, and literally learn to divert your phone and be okay with that. And half a day is a really good place to start and then increase it to a day. And we're going to get to that five days. I know we're going to do it this year. So- <laughs> I booked the dentist for three months in advance on this half day Friday. So I had something I had to be at, which what the, who does that? Well, I'm proud of you, lady. You're not the only one. So, so you know, in um, both of you are incredibly famous in your marketplaces, and you both have built celebrity profiles. So, Leanne, you've built this by you know building your brand in the community with you know being an avid runner and doing so many charitable events, and you really use this as a as a platform and testimonial for giving back. Have you felt that, have you found that this has been a really important aspect in growth in your business in terms of building this attraction model? Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Hands down. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm going to say it. I've never done cold calling in my life. I actually, no, correct me. Tom Panos made me do it once (laughs) and I did it as part of that transform um, program, but it's, I think once again, it comes back to what resonates well for you. And look, some agents are really great cold callers or they can go and knock on people's doors and have those friendly chats. And that's great if that works for you. But I kind of, you know, I'm getting old now. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And it's got but you're also, Sorry, but I have to say, you're also at a different stage in your business. So if you're new and green to the industry, you have to create those oh, relationships. Oh, absolutely. And once you've created those relationships, then your calls need to be warm calls, which is why we talked around Correct. leveraging around the listings because you've got something to say and you're calling, I mean, the two of you are calling past buyers and sellers. They're your, they're your calls Correct. now. They're completely different to, to, cold, yes. to cold calls. Yes, and there's a place for cold calling. You're right when you're established. But I do believe even when you're establishing yourself as a very new agent, do what feels right for you. So what what felt right for me is when I listed a property, I might have only had one listing back in that day, right? I would go and knock on the door 6612 on either side of the, um, you know, the for sale sign and go, hey, I'm Leanne, I'm the agent selling the property. Really sorry that there might be a few cars around. You're welcome to join me at the open home if you want to come and have a sticky beat or if you want to know what your property's, you know, worth. I'm here to help. Like how nice is that, you know, to have that face-to-face contact? Once again, human connection is really important for me. That's how I started to build that traction business is having those conversations and then, you know, obviously your results then prove yourself. So a lot of my calls are coming in. Hey, I saw you sold, you know, sold Waverley Street for a record sale. Can you come in and give me a sales appraisal? You know, that sort of thing. That's how you build that attraction business. But certainly giving back to my community, like I have three favourite coffee shops in Mackay. 
that after I run, you know, um, you know, we go and have coffee, you know, the people that I'm running with, but you know, a whole bunch of people there. And there's always a conversation, hey, I need you to come out and see you know, mum's home or or, you know, if I do networking drinks on a Friday afternoon, I call it networking um, from five to seven, a glass of champagne. It's nice, you know, but there's always something that people know that that's where Leanne hangs out. Hey, you know, there's a really friendly conversation to start with. But in meanwhile, I'm, you know, clocking that into my calendar, um, <laughs> you know, that I need to call, you know, Jeff tomorrow to, to organise that sales appraisal for grandma. But Definitely giving back to the community is really, really important to me and and um, and it needs to be something that you're involved in, otherwise it doesn't resonate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And Melinda, we really had to work, you know, to, to find your edge and your point of difference uh, in, your, in your marketplace. And we knew part of that was embracing, you know, who you are as, as a female and, you know, making that work. But, you know, once we found this edge and we started to acknowledge the fact that you're this number one, you know, female agent in um, in Rocky, you know, we then wanted to, well, then, you know, you were really keen to leverage it. So, you know, how have you leveraged and advertised this point of difference? I don't even make it a secret. Just literally tell everyone that I'm the number one female agent in Rockhampton. Um, and then I quickly followed up with, but, Soon I'm going to be the number one agent for all of Rockhampton, female or male. I'm not scared <laughs> to say it. Um, but, yeah, I guess we were having the conversation about what makes things different about me, what is my point of difference. And I think this is the whole reason why initially I reached out to you because you were female. Um, I didn't want to go to the male training people because it wasn't my style. It didn't feel comfortable to me. I didn't want to say the things that other uh, coaches seemed to spruik it wasn't wasn't what I felt comfortable with it wasn't who I was as a person and the top agents in our region are male I work for two of them their style is different to mine mm. and that's okay because there needs to be another point of difference in the marketplace there needs to be more options some people are not going to like my style they don't want me to call them every five minutes they just want someone to come in get the job done get out and that's okay as well because you know I don't have to like everyone and everyone doesn't have to like me mm. but that was really my point of difference was I was female I do do things differently my presentation my team everything is totally different to anyone in our office and it just sets me apart and it gives other people in the marketplace an option to go with a female rather than going with a male. Mm. And I guess males have really been the dominant, you know, agents in your market for a really long time. So it yes. was kind of like, you know, there was a real, you know, need for a change is the way that we presented that. But, you know, I, I, I saw you do incredible things. So you created um, an ad that we, you know, that you've shown on um, on the cinema, and now you've it's on it's on television. Can you, you know, fill us in in terms of what's in that ad? Because I think it's one of the best real estate agent ads I've ever seen. I love it. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's just a little bit of a comical spin on, like the typical agent. It's it, every. Do you know how many people I've had message me privately and say, "Oh, it's this agent." Or no, it, and then someone will say, it's this agent. I love how you're making fun of this agent. It's no agent in particular. <laughs> like it's just a typical male agent that rocks up. It is great, big, full drive. He's late for the appointment, doesn't take any 
um, time to say hello to the female customer buyer that's at the property, walk straight past her. Like it's just a bit of a tongue in cheek and it just says if you want someone that actually cares about you and your family, then contact the number one female agent in Rockhampton. It's quite funny. I get a lot of comments on it. People remember it because it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think it's really funny. So if you're listening to this, go and check out Melinda's Facebook page and watch and watch it because it, it is quite hilarious. I think it's even funnier how the marketplace has responded. Like even my brother-in-law was quizzing you saying like, you know, is it this is it? <laughs> yeah, so, which is which is really funny. Um, but I think, you know, coming back to the point that you're making there is that, you know, we all do things differently. We all have different personalities and we embrace things in different ways. And, you know, part of that is embracing our sex and embracing our gender. Um, so, you know, I think the fact that both of you are doing things that feel right for you, that are putting systems and structures in terms of that creates joy in your business, that is at the heart of these, you know, agent for life mentalities that gives this heart to heart connections that you're there with them, you know, long term, not just, you know, high and buy kind of thing. You know, if you see them in the shopping centre at the Isle of Coles, you know, you're not going to be running around the corner because you're about because you know things things didn't go well like this is these are people you're going to see in your community so the other thing that you know I want to touch on is that you know over the last couple of years we have been ex experiencing a real boom and you know whilst working in a lot of regional markets this is not necessarily the case you know we make hay while the sun shines but you know in a lot of regional markets the days on market can really blow out to beyond six months and you guys are career agents you've been around for a really long time and you know right now the you know the media is really focusing on a falling market on a changing market and we know that, you know, things are going to be slowing, slowing down. So, you know, for those agents who've really built a sustainable presence and have done those hard yards, we know that they're going to take market share at this time because people are going to want to do business with those people that they can trust. So I guess what I'm keen to understand is, you know, what problems um, do you feel that regional agents face and how are you shifting your focus and your business strategy right now? So maybe Melinda, you go first, darling. So I've, um, yeah, obviously we've been shifting our focus and having that in the back of our mind that things are going to change, that are going to be more properties available, less buyers around, and it's going to take longer to sell a property. So we've been implementing strategies in place because we have been working in a market that we're almost holding buyers off um, by trying to make sure that we've exposed a property to the market long enough to make sure that we've got the best results for our clients. So, you know, some of the properties we could have had them sold in 24 hours, but you're just trying to hold it back just a little bit to get some more exposure. Well, obviously our mindset has to change that it is going to take longer. We are going to have to start implementing things. We're going to have to start having harder and tougher conversations with vendors about the market because the thing with the declining market is that, the vendors' expectations are still really high, but the buyers are hearing the doom and gloom on the TV, and so they're wanting to pay less and less, and also their borrowing capacities are changing. Mm. So they're not even able to borrow as much as what they previously had been in the last three months. So I think it's just about, for my team, it's about having the open and honest conversations with people. I mean, yesterday we went and had a conversation with the seller because valuation came in at $60,000 under the contract price. So it's it's just the market. And so I think if you're open and honest with your clients, 
it's not you, the agent, it's the market that's determining this. And it's just about working together on, you know, trying to resolve the issues and giving them options. And you can only do that by being open and saying, hey, we've got a problem. This is what's happening. What are we going to do? What's the next step? Um, so there's those strategies and um, having more uh, meetings and conversations with vendors to say this is what's happening in our marketplace, this is what's going to happen. Um, and I, I guess just try not to sugarcoat it. I mean, that's the reality. This is what's going to happen in the next few months and we need to be aware and we need to be prepared for it. The other thing is, is that having a team and obviously we can manage a lot of sales, so it'll be turned around. So we're going to be able to manage a lot of listings because things are going to stick around for a lot longer. So we are going to need to have a lot more contact with our vendors to make sure that we can hold on to them for a lot longer than the 90 days and be able to re-sign the form sixes and have those conversations with people because how easy is it for agents to think, oh, it's not selling and then they don't contact them and then they don't keep in touch with them. And then the minute the 90 days is out, the vendor's looking for someone else to list with. And often the second time agent, they can get the property sold quite quickly because the first agent's done all the hard yards and all the hard work. So you don't want to be that agent that's done all this work and then you lose the listing just to see it sold three weeks later. You just It's it's actually really upsetting when you've done all these hours and all these open mm. homes and you've tried so hard and you think that you've done the right thing and then what you haven't done is contacted them and kept in communication with the, with the seller so that they stay with you for the extended period of time, whatever it takes to get the property sold. So I think it's just about making the team aware that we're going to have a lot more touch points with our vendors and what we're currently having at the moment, because at the moment it's all about the buyers and making sure that we've contacted every single buyer that's inquired on a property, making sure they've got through the property and driving the people through to the open homes. Um, so I I just, yeah, I think there's just going to be a mind shift shift change and making sure that we're keeping in touch with our vendors and not losing them. Mm. Well, I think that's very well said. The point that you made there about a property that came in with a valuation under 60K, were you able to hold on to that deal? Yeah, so we're still working towards it, um, getting that resolved. So, I mean, the way that we've been able to move forward on this previously happened to me in November where we'd sold a property for 890 and the valuation came in at 820. Um, we then got a second valuation and it came in at 810. So that wasn't really helpful. Um, <laughs> we did get a third valuation and the third valuation did come in at 890. Um, but obviously by then the buyer had lost a little bit of faith in that price, but we managed to renegotiate and re uh, put another contract together at 875. But I mean, 875 is a lot better than 8.20 and then 8.10 for the vendor. The vendor was also moving out of town, so they wanted it to be done quite quickly. Uh, they didn't want to wait until after Christmas because they wanted to move. They had um, work starting, et cetera, so that we needed to keep this deal together. And so that's the way that we were able to hold it together for the vendor and, and get the property going for them. Thank you for explaining that. Leanne, you know, same question to you. How are you shifting your focus and your business strategy and what problems do you feel, you know, regional agents face today? I think, <clears throat> excuse me, when I first started in real estate, I was told the market is the market. You know, and I think that was um, a great lesson that I actually started in one of the toughest markets in Australia. 
at the time Mackay just you know crashed and boom I never I didn't see the good times back then um, I wasn't in real estate then so I think I um, started in 2013 in the February and it crashed in March 2013 so one month in you know there was courageous conversations happening where people had lost 100 150k off their house it felt like overnight um, so I actually know a tougher market more than I know a good market um, so that's a normal market in an yeah, and, and, and the good market that we've experienced the last two years, you know, that was, that came as a shock to me, you know? <laughs> um, so I think the market is the market and the best thing is that agents have to educate themselves to see where, you know, and, and have honest conversations about the prices that they can realistically achieve. Um, I think that's key in a tough market. There's nothing worse than an agent going in saying they're going to get $50,000 higher to win the listing. It only ends up sour because then when, you know, the offers are being presented 50K less, um, you know, it doesn't set you up for a good relationship or what we talked about before, you know, that um, repeat business. So be honest in, in, in the conversations around price points. I'm all about strategy. Like if I can find you the best price in that street, in that suburb, I will find it with this strategy. And I don't have a one-size-fits-all strategy. Um, that's what you pay for with, you know, my expertise um, and, and my clients know that. So they get me in because they want to understand how I would market that property and it's not the same for everyone. Um, I think my biggest challenge at the moment in our local marketplace is everyone's cutting their commission mm. and, you, you know, they're setting themselves up for disaster because they will not be able to afford to stay in this industry if it takes us six months to sell a house and that will come. Our days on market in the tough market were 90 days back when I started. Um, I think I always tried to be half of that. So I always tried to be at 45 days and that set me apart from everybody else. Um, and then, you know, and certainly in the last couple of years, we've been less than 21 days. So um, I think to a big thing that people say to me all the time is there's a lot of agents that are doom and gloom. Oh, you know, this is happening or that's happening and, you know, and, yeah, you won't get that. And, like, I try and, um, I guess, be the most positive agent that I can. I'm honest, you know, I have those courageous conversations. But, you know... People want to do business with someone that's, you know, um, positive and excited about selling their biggest asset, right? So I take it seriously, but, I, you know, I, I try and bring joy into that selling and purchasing experience. And my team is all the same. You know, what you hear from me is what they implement as well. So I think um, also what Melinda was saying is that those touch points have to, um, I guess, um, in a tougher market, you do need to make those conversations your sellers are priority face-to-face. -face. I haven't done them as much um, in these crazier times, but there'll certainly be those conversations will be happening a bit more face-to-face. -face. And the vendor reports, I just, once again, I'm a bit like I didn't used to do vendor reports. Now I can't imagine business without vendor reports because the, that's the way of getting those price opinions from your market, but also having, I call it the sandwich. We call it the burger because my last <laughs> name used to be Holzberger. You know, giving them the information 
the positives about their property, but giving them the bit of the meat or the steak or whatever you want to call it, that's a bit hard to chew sometimes, right? But at least they're getting that honest feedback and then you wrap it up with something positive because at the end of the day, we are selling people's biggest assets um, and they don't want the doom and gloom. They want some positivity amongst that mix, but they also need to have that those truths as well. Mm. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I think you know, often it's just a matter of sort of saying, okay, well, people are buying my energy. So even though I mm. might have had to have all these difficult conversations, which is not fun, I've got to, you know, it's showtime. I've got to put on the show. I've got to go and, you know, um, rein it all in. And, you know, I, when you sell properties in 21 days, your system does, is completely different to when you're selling properties mm. in 90 days. And so I think, you know, Melinda, you outlining exactly what we need to do. I think there was, was really wonderful. Thank you. So I'm really pumped about, about this because you guys are both remarkable women. You're both mothers. You're both million-dollar agent pluses. Um, but this year, you're both going to be masterminders too. So what, what are you most excited about joining, joining uh, the Mastermind program? I think meeting other like-minded people. That's probably the bit that I'm really keen to do, like meet yeah. other people in our industry but not necessarily in my marketplace so that, I can ring Leanne and say, oh, I've had the doozy of the week or this has happened or what, you know, have you had this happen to me before and and have those conversations with people that aren't in your marketplace so they won't know who I'm talking about, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Leanne? Uh, look, I love hearing people's stories. You know, I love travelling. I love hearing about other people's um, journeys. And so for me, a bit like what Melinda said, great to experience um, you know, with other colleagues or agents um, in our industry. But I'm really excited about learning how um, other people do business in different industries and taking those gold nuggets and applying it to my business. Because I think as agents, we've always got to be kind of one step ahead of our competitors. And um, I remember, you know, starting Facebook, you know, as a business page and I was, you know, like, oh, my God, who is this woman? And now everyone's using Facebook, you know, and Instagram and 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 maybe TikTok, whatever they're doing these days, you know. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to learning some new stuff, um, you know, from different industries that, that can be implemented into our industry and perhaps being, you know, the leader of some of those changes. Mm. Well, I love the way that you put that there. And it's interesting. I actually had a session with talking about Hayley Benevin. I, I had a session earlier today with Hayley and we were talking about, uh, her relationship with Zaley Reynolds, who's another masterminder. And she was just saying that she would never have met, you know, Zaley, who is the owner of, of Shelter, if it wasn't for Mastermind. And it's been really wonderful watching the two of them form a friendship. And she was saying she would never have met, you know, Ewan Morton and, you know, and, and seeing his kind of different mindset and becoming friends with him. And, you know, for me, I love it because obviously I'm hanging out with a whole lot of my besties uh, and then watching you guys all be friends together. But you know, the stories that you hear from outside and applying them, like I'm applying all the same stuff to my business too. Like, mm. and the fact that we're on this journey together, like it is so cool. So anytime I'm kind of doing a session, I'll be like, oh, and you know, Jonathan Thurston said this and Nathan Sharp said that. Remember when he said that? And so it's just really nice being a part of that kind of, you know, group and, and that conversation. So I'm really excited about this this year. And, you know, I'm really grateful that you guys are making the time to, to travel up and to be a part of it. But listen, one final question, ladies, and thank you so much for your time today. But 
Of course, the podcast is called Build Your Best Life. So I have to ask you, how are you endeavouring to live your best life and what does your best life look like? Leanne? Oh, I was hoping you'd go to Melinda first. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my best life for 2023 was going to be the year of Leanne because I turned the big 5-0, which is, can I say, really, I'm really actually excited to live my best life this year. Um, So it's going to start with a month overseas. Um, So I'm celebrating, um, I'm taking long service leave from myself. Um, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) um, Yeah, so this year, look, I'm really about building building team because I know that that's really important around me then being able to take holidays and actually unwind and not be thinking about business. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, growing my team. I really do love training and, you know, I've got, you know, a great team that have got some really big goals for themselves personally and I'm really excited for them and I'm really excited to be on their journey as much as that contributes to my business and and my journey as well. Um, I'm I'm hoping to spend more time with my beautiful partner, Billy, because sometimes he really sacrifices um, my time for my business and and my kids. Um, I've got a daughter heading to Brisbane um, this year to start university, so I'm looking forward to, you know, having some some time with her down south and obviously my son will be with me in Mackay. So a lot more family time, I think, for me this year and, and friendships and a bit more self-care because I have to admit if there's one thing that I'm not very good at, um, it is that and I'm trying really hard to get better at that because I've learned that um, I can still run a really successful business um, but I can still have some time off for myself and um, that self-care is hopefully going to be my 2023 biggest growth. We'll see. We'll have to touch base on that one. <laughs> I love that. But I also think, you know, getting to this point has been these incremental kind of, you know, acknowledgements of, of not being scared that you're going to lose the listing or the sale or that your team's got your back. So it comes from a number of those things where you can then say, Hey, this is now what I what I need and what I can do, and I have got space for it. And the world's not going to end with me doing it. It'll be mm, okay. Absolutely, Melinda. What does your best life look like, and how are you trying to to live that? Um, I'm a little bit similar in the fact that I've actually booked in holidays, so I'm going overseas as well in September, and I'm turning forty this year. So. <laughs> I'm hoping to take some time off in December and also go overseas with my family. So that'll be really cool. Um, And then I really just want to continue to get market share. So I don't um, plan on slowing down anytime soon and just growing my EBU as well. I just... I I honestly just want to be the number one agent in Rockhampton full stop, not just the number one female agent. So I've got that as my big 2023 audacious goal. (laughs) Well, watch out, Rocky. (laughs) Well, look, ladies, you know, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery and for so much sharing today because I know it's not always easy to do so, but by you guys, you know, taking the time to do this and being open enough to do it, hopefully it inspires other, you know, other people in our industry, other women in our industry and other regional agents.
We need Thank more women you. in our industry. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sherry, for all your support. You do a great job in our industry and in encouraging us, helping us grow, challenging us at times when we need to, um, you know, when we need to change our mindset. So um, thanks for, you do inspire us as well. Oh, thank you so much, darling. Thank you. Yeah, what Leanne said, me too. <laughs> <laughs> So a huge thank you to Melinda Kirby and Leanne Drury for coming on to the show. They are real queens of their regions, breaking records and pushing the bar. And I could not be more excited for what they have achieved and how they are progressing in their careers and their businesses through exceptional service and performance in their marketplaces. Again, I wanted to shout out a big thank you to our sponsor, PropTech Group, who with their support have made all my podcast dreams come true. Up next, I share the value of recruiting the right people in your team to help your business grow. Hiring your dream team is not as simple as just a good looking resume. So in order to recruit the right people, you need a process that will eliminate the average to reveal the greats. And in return, this will lead to high staff retention and the ability to raise your business income exponentially. So if you're keen to build your best life by harnessing your real estate career, by implementing proven sales systems and structures, leverage your listing sales and results, build your own celebrity profile and learn how to build your team and your EBU whilst making more profit and working less, then make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every Tuesday when the episodes go live. And if you're ready to revolutionize your life and your business, it might be time to join my exclusive six-month program, Mastermind with Sherry. This is a one-of-a-kind hand-picked program for only 30 business professionals. And in this, I have brought together the brightest business leaders, educators, and innovators to share with you their systems, their strategies, and wisdoms for you to implement. Now, this program contains high-level accountability, group coaching, and rockstar keynote speakers. So if you want to find out more information or even submit your application, head to sherrystora.com forward slash mastermind.